Today's topic is spiritual needs. Where do I fit in? So I did a little bit of a survey uh, on, uh, throughout Scripture, just looking at how God uses our senior uh, adults, our senior members. And I thought, first of all, well, who is the oldest person in the Bible? Methuselah. Methuselah. 969 years of age. Uh, anyone know how old Adam was when he passed on? 930 years of age. Noah was 950 years old when he passed on. Now, after the flood, things kind of began settling down into more of uh, our experience. Uh, we know that uh, Abraham died at 175 years old, so he had a, a long life, a much longer life than probably any of us will see. Sarah was 127 when she passed away, but we know they had an interesting way for God to use them, even in their old age. You might remember the story about... Uh, uh, Abraham and Sarai receiving information that they would uh, be with child. She was 90 years old. Imagine that. Anyone? And uh, God promised that he would, uh, uh, she would be the mother of many nations. But God has uh, a way of uh, using people of all ages and all giftedness for his purposes. And uh, I just love that story of how uh, God brought in um, Isaac into their family, and uh, the rest, of course, is history. Uh, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. Uh, but he was very influential in his uh, life as a servant of God's kingdom. King David was 70 when he passed away. Uh, Psalm 90.10 tells us a little bit about some of the expectations. Uh, the days of our life are 70 years or perhaps 80 if we are strong. And in our particular experience, in, uh, in uh, the United States especially, we know that life expectancy has uh, been bumping up over the years. When we look at the New Testament, I love this story of how God was using people in their devotion to him even at the later stages of their lives. Uh, Simeon, uh, at the temple, Remember, uh, he was a man uh, from Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where he met uh, the baby Jesus. Uh, Anna, also uh, from that same passage, Luke chapter 2, uh, 36 through 38, she was a, a prophetess. Uh, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was, as the scripture says, very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at, ver at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. We don't exactly know how old Anna was, but talk about a servant who had her eyes, as Josh said today in the first service of you there, vertically. He, she was looking upward on how do I serve, how do I, how do I live in anticipation, how do I honor the God that loves me. We know later on uh, throughout uh, some of the New Testament writings, Apostle Paul uh, tells um, uh, specifically uh, women uh, but I think we could also include men in this. Uh, likewise, teach the older women 
and men, to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women and men, let's add that, to love their husbands and wives and their children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be the subject to their husbands and wives so that no one will malign the word of God. There's a role for people of our age group. Sometimes we think, uh, and I've heard this a few times, I've served all those years, I'm done. And I think, hmm, let's rethink that particular statement. Now, it's okay to be tired uh, at times and maybe to say, I'm going to take a break from serving God's kingdom. But I think the encouragement throughout uh, Scripture is that we're always looking for ways to use our gifts that God has given to us, to use our time that we have been made available, to see what we might do to enhance the kingdom of God in our world. He may not ask you to go to Africa or to go to Belarus, uh, as we're going to do in the fall. He may not ask us to do something like that, but it might be that he may prompt us to write a note or to say a prayer, or to serve in some other capacity, maybe to hold babies in the nursery, or to be an assistant in one of the classes. There's a thousand ways, and Becky's going to introduce uh, this group to a lot of different ways that we might still use our gifts, our time, for the glory of God. I love a couple verses from uh, Proverbs and from Job. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained in the way of righteousness. The glory of young men is their strength, Gray hair, the splendor of the old. Well, we have a lot of splendor in this room today. <laughs> Job 12.12, 12, is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? I thought age should speak. Advanced years should teach wisdom. And I want you to know that we have a lot of younger people in our congregation that look forward to opportunities to engage our senior members. And why do they want to engage us? Because we've lived life. We have experiences. They may be experiences that have come out of negative experiences, but we still learn from them. God has helped to shape and mold us through those experiences. We have a lot to offer because no one else will walk in your shoes. Exactly. And so to keep our eyes open to what God has for us, to pay attention to the things that we are capable of doing within the time and, again, giftedness that we have, I think that's the invitation from God to continue to live out our spiritual devotion and commitment to Him. There's a lot of polls out there throughout our uh, experience. What I discovered this past week was three-quarters of Americans past age 65 still consider spirituality to be very important to their experience. That research has found that people of our age tend to pray more, and we tend to increase our prayers the older we get. Nearly 75% of this study's oldest respondents prayed at least once a day. And I think I've heard some of you say, prayer doesn't ever really start or finish, it's just ongoing. Because you're always thinking of people, your, your family members, neighbors, loved ones, experiences. And it's like your brain and heart is always in conversation with God. 
When we look at what research says about Bible study, it's a little bit different uh, in age groups. Our particular age group continues to read the Bible at least weekly, but more and more are looking at its value on a daily basis because of the encouragement that it provides. When you compare that to the age group of 18 to 29, they're less than half uh, of uh, the percentage in what uh, our experiences is. They're like about 25%. And of course, we might be able to influence that younger generation with the beauty, the value, the encouragement that comes by way of reading Scripture. What we know, and I think it fits with this class because you all are here and you all fit in the, the aging experience, what we know is spirituality grows in appreciation, especially when we have an eternal perspective. It's what keeps us getting out of bed every day because we're reminded that there's something even better than what we've experienced on earth. What we have discovered through research is those who have had over their lifetime a consistent practice of attending worship, uh, engaging in Bible study, and in participating in service opportunities, those folks tend to see that as even more important the older they get. Those who have not been involved in those things tend not to see its value quite like we do. I'd like to highlight four different things that I think can bless our experience on our spiritual journey. <clears throat> First benefit of the spiritual maturation process is the opportunity to shift in self-understanding from doing to being, from doing the practical things to being more present. As younger and middle-aged adults, many are focused on production, accomplishments, achievement, making a living, providing for the family, moving upward in career and status and wealth. But as we age, we tend to look at our spirituality differently. We concentrate more on what's happening within ourselves. What has God been doing within us to shape us? We tend to focus on relationships. We're trying to be more present with those that come and visit, for those that we go and visit. We tend to pay more attention to those who are about us. And it's not so much about looking at a project as it is about engaging in relationships. It's a very different experience. So what we do in that uh, benefit of maturing in our faith, we begin to focus more on our relationship with God, our relationship with our family, our relationship with our friends, and our experience with our faith community. And I think that's really the essence of what the, the um, uh, emphasis is on let's revitalize the seniors ministry here at Otter Creek. A second value for our spiritual development is that we have the opportunity to find or redefine the sense of meaning and purpose in our lives. Life is becoming somewhat more inward for us rather than being, as I mentioned, outward driven. We often change our relationship to time. It's less important, maybe, that we always let the clock provide us with the structure for our day. 
we may actually pause more often with things because we realize what's more important now than what may have been important back when we were in the workforce. Focusing on the present, being attentive, also can lend itself to being more patient when things go awry. And I think our group can be a little impatient sometimes with the way the world is. Because we look at what life was like at a simpler phase, or so we think, when in reality it may have only been that we just didn't know. <laughs> because now you've got information at your fingertips. But I do think, as I observe you and as I uh, even interact with others in our age group, there's more of an interest in people. They're, what they're offering, you pay attention to them in a different way. Seniors also can find greater confidence in what they've gained, what they've learned through their life. They insight, the abilities, and as I already mentioned, the wisdom that they have to offer those around them. Seniors often find that they have a voice. Uh, Nadine's mom lived with us for about 22 years. She passed on about uh, a year or so before we moved to Nashville. And it was amazing to me what would come from her mouth in, in ways that I go, where does that even come from? Because it was the wisdom of life. And I was really so glad that our children grew up with that extra generation of experience and what she was offering them. Because she was discovering her voice in a way that she hadn't before. She was discovering an empowerment, a self-empowerment to speak truth with love because she cared about the people that she was talking to. The third thing I'd like to mention is, that is of great value on our spiritual journey is to take advantage of the importance of reminiscing, reflecting. What has God done through you, for you? What are the things that you learned from the experiences that were maybe hard and difficult? We don't often like to think about them. I can recall my dad rarely ever speaking about his experience in World War II or in the Korean War. It just was not something that he spoke about. And I think, was that because it was a painful experience? Because he lost friends? Because he was experiencing things that he just didn't want to, to bring out and perhaps remember? I think God opens our eyes to see what he's taught us. Because we, we hold on to that truth that God works together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So what can we learn from that? I'm calling this a life review. I don't know if it's something that you do specifically or if it's just ongoing as you reflect and reminisce and think about the things that God has done for you through his life. But it might be that you're also thinking about the heritage. Uh, the family that you grew up in, how can you share that with the family that um, is much younger than you? Because there are things that you gained that they may never gain. How can you share that with them? Why? Because it helps to shape life. A life review can be a time to come to terms with those things that, that maybe have been hard. I've known of people in their senior years where things have occurred it was problematic for them. They hurt someone, and they haven't spoken to that someone for years, and they decided life is too short and too beautiful to let that linger into death. And they've made a call or written a letter and said, please forgive me for what I did. 
I, I was wrong, I was immature, I didn't think about you, I thought about me. But how powerful that can be when we reflect and reminisce and recognize that more than anything else, we want to reach a place of peace before we transition into eternity. For seniors who do these life reviews, it becomes a way for all the events of life to make sense, to resolve old conflicts, hurts, to celebrate joys and successes, and to prepare for that next step into eternity. The last thing I'll touch on is <clears throat> that there is value in preparing for the unknown. Even though we put our faith in Jesus Christ and we put our faith in the power of the resurrection and believe without a doubt that there is an eternity and we're on the path for eternity, it's still the unknown. We have maybe glimpses of stories from Scripture that might give us some idea, but I think most of us recognize there probably aren't really streets of gold. We probably know that that's not accurate in the sense that there really are streets of gold. But the emphasis is it's going to be a most beautiful experience for eternity in the presence of the one who loves us so much that he gave his son. Part of that preparation also has a grieving component. Of any age group, this age group has more to grieve than many of the other age groups. Think about it. We grieve the loss of our parents, sometimes siblings, sometimes spouses, many of our friends, work associates, neighbors, health. Have you ever grieved the fact that you can't lift like you once could lift? I do. I can't see like I once could see. I can't hear like I once could hear. It frustrates me, and I realize I'm grieving those losses from when I was much younger and I could do so much more. We're really in a phase of grieving a great deal, and we have to acknowledge it. It's not to discourage or frustrate us, but rather to look at those things that we still have in our experience of life, to explore the spiritual value that God has for us. A healthy spirituality can be a significant part of all of us maturing into what God has for us. And I encourage you on your spiritual journey. I'd like to close with a song that uh, captures something that uh, I think is an encouragement from God, but for us to be faithful and to leave a legacy for those that come behind us. And so uh, Nadine is uh, going to bring that up, and I'm going to pass out the words of these songs. If you would take one and pass it around, I hope I have enough. If not, maybe those of you that are married and spouses here, if you would share. Those who 
before us line the way Cheering on the faithful Encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament To God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud let us run the race not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly stop because I want to make sure Becky has enough time. But uh, Steve Green did that, and what a beautiful message it is for all of us, and many blessings to you. Thank you, Mike. That was great. I appreciate that introduction there. Um, thank you so much, Nadine, for your sweet introduction as well. Um, so for, for those of you um, who may not know me, and I do see a lot of very familiar faces in here, I've uh, taught the Grand Otters class from time to time and been involved here at Otter Creek for uh, about three years now. Um, and I'm so excited to be um, in the role of the Missional Discipleship Minister. And for those of you that may not know what Missional Discipleship is all about, um, Otter Creek partners with a number of great local ministries. Um, and uh, part of my job is to get to build relationships with those ministries and find out uh, ways that we can support them, not just monetarily, but also through uh, volunteering, through giving, through um, building deep, lasting relationships with some of these ministries. Um, and so that's part of the fun thing that I get to do day to day is um, find people at Otter Creek and pair your gifts and your passions and your, um, and your talents with ministries that we're already serving. And so Nadine uh, referenced these uh, before. You'll see these in some of the hallways, um, but I also have a few to pass around in class. So these are um, kind of just random acts of, um, of kindness or random uh, ways that you can be involved in ministry and mission uh, around you today. Um, these are simple, actionable things that you can go and do um, right now, today. It doesn't take a lot of time. You don't have to get any special training for any of these. Uh, so I'm going to pass these around and just look over them and take one that interests you. Um, and then if, if you're thinking, man, there's something that I've been really wanting to do that I just, I need that extra little 
um, you know, burst of uh, enlightenment or something to kind of make me do that. There's three at the bottom of each page uh, where you get to fill in the blank and say this is something that I want to do and, and commit to. Uh, so we'll go ahead and pass some of these around. Just grab one of the little tabs there and uh, pass it to to a neighbor. So part of what I have been tasked with today is to um, to share with you some of the opportunities for uh, ministry and for getting involved that are available here at Otter Creek. And I really love what Mike had to say about um, about you know your your time of ministry and your time of service not being over. Uh, I think that Scripture is pretty clear that for everybody that has ever thought oh, I can't do this, this isn't for me, God's not calling me to that because for this reason or this reason or that reason, God always proves those people wrong. It's always the people that think, I can't do this, that God chooses and equips and empowers to do God's ministry. Uh, and I think that there's something really beautiful about that. Um, and so I'm just going to give you a few uh, a few ways that you can be involved. Uh, one is through uh, Wayne Reed. I know Wayne Reed uh, Child Care Center is very near and dear to the hearts of Otter Creek, and they have... Uh, lunch buddies. And so I actually got to do this on Friday and it was so much fun. You just go and you sit and you have lunch with some kids and there's really no expectation except just to be there. It's about 30, 45 minutes. Uh, It's a very sweet time. There's sweet, sweet kids. Um, There's kids aged uh, one and two all the way up through preschool. Um, And it's just so, so much fun. Um, Not very time consuming and uh, definitely something, um, something that I think will be fulfilling Um, not just for you, but for the kids there who maybe don't have a lot of um, older adults in their life to look up to as role models and mentors. Uh, we also have our summer field worship. So every Sunday, Otter Creek goes to Summerfield Retirement Home, and we um, we put on a church service for the residents there. And it's such a sweet time of worship. Uh, I think you know for people that are bound to one place that don't really um, have an opportunity to come to church and have that community that they've had their whole lives. I think this is a really amazing um, uh, ministry opportunity that Otter Creek offers. Um, and again. And it's very simple. Um, anybody can do it, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of experience. Uh, uh, Eric, in the past, has put together kind of a, a list of uh, possible topics, possible things to talk about, some songs that they love uh, very well. And then, um, let's see, I thought I saw her earlier. Um, oh, she may have left. Uh, but... but um, Communion is already prepared. Uh, that's already something that uh, is provided. And so it's just a, a sweet, easy, easy time. And if you want to sign up for that, it's just on the registrations page. And same with the Wayne Reed Lunch Buddies um, online, just the registration page, or both of those are actually on these little tabs going around. Uh, we also have Tennessee Prison Ministry Outreach, um, TPOM. And there's a number of gentlemen that go to the prisons on Sunday evenings. Um, and they spend time with um, people that are incarcerated and um, teach them about um, about scripture really build community with them um, and share the love of Christ with people that are um, really ignored and and um, overlooked in our society yes ma'am uh, I went to the dinner the other night for that yes Tennessee, and I learned something that 
I think it's a good practice. You can designate your things that you, you can take things to Chris, Chris, Chris Smart and designate that they are for that ministry. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And, uh, so, you know, they had a long list of things, but including, I think they were things like children's games and, but of course, linens, towels. We all are trying to declutter, you know. But, and so just take it to the Thrift Smart. Smart and tell them it's for, it's an addition, it's, what is it, T-P-O-M? T-P-O-M, T-P-O-M. Tennessee Prison Outreach Ministries. Um, and so Otter Creek's involvement up to this point has really been just that Sunday evening type of thing. And one of the, I was actually at that dinner as well, and it was so encouraging. Um, there was a gentleman who had been incarcerated for, I think, 13 years for a crime he did not commit. He was later um, acquitted. There was some DNA evidence that came out that proved he is not the one um, that committed that crime. And he talked about his decision um, going into prison uh, for a crime that not only he didn't commit, he didn't have, he didn't know anything about. He had no earthly idea why he would have been um, accused of this, had no information about it whatsoever. And I think that was an opportunity that he could have been really bitter, right? Um, really angry, and for good reason. I think a lot of us probably wouldn't wouldn't fault him for that. Uh, but through T-Palm, through some of the men he met, and through his faith that he had had uh, prior to, um, to being incarcerated, uh, he turned that into a ministry opportunity, and he thought, um, if if I, if I can be a light to the people here, then then maybe that's what God has me here for. And it was just so encouraging. And so I think that if you're part of that ministry in any way, um, not only are you going to have an opportunity to bless other people, I think you're going to be so blessed in return. Um, and then Otter, I'm working on finding ways to maybe expand um, Otter Creek's involvement with Tennessee Prison Outreach Ministries uh, because they do a lot of things with the families of those incarcerated as well. Um, they've got Christmas events. They've got mentoring events. Um, they have um, uh, programs for when people are making the transition out of prison and back into everyday life, um, you know, groups that they can go to, um, job training, things like that. So if that's something you're passionate about, let me know, and I'm happy to um, plug you in with the people at uh, Tennessee Prison Outreach Ministry. It's a really great ministry. Uh, we also have Siloam, um, and Siloam is a fairly new partnership with um, Otter Creek, but it has, Siloam has been in Nashville for um, over 20 years, I believe, and they serve our refugee and immigrant populations. Um, and so when a refugee um, comes to the United States, they have a, a certain, I think it's like a 60-day window where they have to do medical screening and um, and get some some things taken care of and Siloam partners with them to do that medical screening and then to um, to provide some resources as well because after 90 days the government says okay you should be fully integrated we're we're we don't have anything to do with this process anymore uh, you you should be able to have a job now and you should have figured out what this American life is all about um, and so Siloam has this great um, um, partnership with them where they partner small groups, uh, life groups with a refugee family and partner with them for about six months. Um, and there's a curriculum that, that you go through. You're not having to come up with all of these things on your own. Um, they, they take you through that training and it's just a really great way to be a neighbor to somebody that is brand new to this city and has come from um, probably a place of unspeakable horror um, where they haven't had a place to call home for um, a lot of them decades. Um, they have been in refugee resettlement places 
And so here in Nashville, this is the first time they've ever had an opportunity to call something home. And um, you know, part of being in the South is that we are hospitable people, and I love um, that that we have the opportunity to partner with them to show hospitality um, here to our our neighbors. Uh, also, Room in the Inn. So Room in the Inn um, is is in desperate need of men and women uh, who will stay overnight. Uh, and who will drive the van. Uh, so that's just going downtown, um, picking up our guests and bringing them back here, um, and then taking them back in the morning. So I don't think you have to volunteer for both of those shifts, it's one or the other, and then they also need people that are willing to to stay the night and um, and just sleep there with our guests. Um, so those signups will be coming out very soon. You'll see those in the bulletin coming up. And um, really, to, to orchestrate Room of the Inn, it takes a lot of people, and um, this is something that Otter Creek has been passionate about for a long time. Um, and so we definitely need need you, we need your expertise, we need your time, we need your passion for this as well. Um, we also have opportunities, so so I know that there's a lot of different, uh, you know, this this group of people kind of covers the, the, the gamut of things, right? Some of you are working, some of you are not working, uh, some of you have um, mobility that others may not have, um, and so I really, I want to say if, regardless of what your circumstances are, regardless of what you're able to do, regardless of the amount of time that you have, regardless of the mobility, there is something for you to do. And so if you think, uh, I can't drive on my own anymore, I would love to go down to Wayne Reed, but um, I can't drive myself anymore, uh, let us know. We can find somebody that will help uh, drive you, help take you there, uh, or there are other things that you can do. You can sponsor a child through Exile International and uh, and help fund their education. You can write letters to people. Uh, I know Pat does a great job of uh, with encouragement ministries, and uh, and I just love that model that she has presented of just um, you know taking our prayer list and writing notes to people and visiting people in the hospital. And so if you think, man, I would really love to be more involved, um, but I can't get out as much as I used to, or I can't make it to that event for, for whatever reason, um, write a note to somebody that, uh, that you know just needs a little bit of encouragement. Um, go through, uh, if, if you get to a point where you think, I don't know who to write to, uh, go through the bulletin online and just say, oh, I haven't seen that person in a while, or man, she did such a great job um, <coughs> leading, um, leading us to the table the other day. I'll just write, write her a note. Um, and I think that would be a really sweet ministry for you as well. Um, other other things that you can do um, would be um, so. Otter Creek does not yet have a formal partnership with GraceWorks, but there's been a lot of uh, people at Otter Creek that have been involved in GraceWorks. Uh, Greg Perry is very involved with that, and we've had kind of a longstanding uh, relationship when people come to Otter Creek from Williamson County and say, I need food, I need clothes, I need furniture, things like that. Um, Sometimes Otter Creek is able to help with some of those needs, and sometimes we're not, and so we would direct them to GraceWorks. And I had the opportunity to go there a couple of weeks ago and tour, um, and the number of volunteers that they have is just absolutely staggering. Um, and it's so there's so many ways to be involved. You can tag clothes. Uh, for their retail store, similar to a Goodwill that really funds their food bank. Uh, you can um, be a one of their, um, I forget what it's called, like a resource neighbor. So when someone comes in and says, um, you know, while I was there, a young woman came in and said she had just left an abusive husband and she had nothing. She needed everything. And so um, someone with a, a, um, had, that had gone through their training was able to, um, to provide her resources um, to get her food, to get her clothing, um, to 
to get her in contact with the police so that there was um, you know record of things and so she was able to do what she needed to do and to get her in touch with um, counselors that she would need in the future so uh, that's not those things aren't all that GraceWorks does. They they see themselves as a resource hub for the community, and they partner with a lot of other people. Um, so there's great ways to be involved there. And then I would say as well, um, another thing that you guys can do is is keep showing up um, because you guys are an encouragement to me. You're an encouragement to so many people. Um, and if you get to a point where you think, um, you know, I'm uh, my spirituality is good, uh, my relationship with God is good. I don't need church, or I don't need to go to that Tuesday morning ladies Bible class, or I don't need to come to the granddaughter's class on Wednesday night. Um, I would encourage you to think that maybe somebody needs you there. Uh, maybe maybe there uh, is a family here that could use your presence as a role model in their child's life and uh, and maybe you know once because you have a great relationship with God because you have this experience because you have um, wisdom and um, that just comes from living life you have something to offer this church so uh, even if you get to a point where you think I don't need this anymore we need you you're vital to Otter Creek you're vital to this family here um, and we need you to show up um, we we love you and uh, and we value what it is that you have to, to offer us here at Otter Creek. Um, I would say in that same vein, um, you know, we live in a world where people move. Um, and so some of you are lucky enough to have your grandchildren uh, right here with you. Some of you have moved to be closer to your grandchildren, and that's why you find yourself in Nashville. Uh, but there are a lot of people that go to Otter Creek whose families live somewhere else, and they would love to have kind of surrogate grandparents involved in their children's lives. So I would say uh, maybe look around and see how you can almost adopt a family, uh, have people over to dinner, um, really start making those connections um, outside of, of just your age group or your experience in life, because it's something, I think that intergenerational um, aspect is really absolutely needed. Um, and then I think we're, we're getting close to running out of time. But I would say one way to go about doing all of these things is to create um, what I have learned is a rule of life. And so a rule of life is, um, is simply putting structure around what's important to us and how we're going to accomplish that. Um, and it's something that's very fluid because what is important to you now is probably not the same thing that was important to you 15 years ago or 50 years ago. And so it's something that's changing on a regular basis uh, based on the season of life you're in. Uh, and so I would say every six months or so, just get out a piece of paper and um, you know, now might be a good time to write on the back of this paper that uh, Mike gave us and just write out, here's the top five things that are the most important to me. Um, whether that's family, whether that's community, whether that's giving back, whether that's intentional uh, quiet time in relationship with God, whatever that looks like for you, um, just write down the top five things that are most important to you. And then um, spend some time praying and listening to God for ways that you can, uh, you can have uh, spiritual practices that support that um, that mission and that way of life that you want to be. Um, so whether that is daily scripture reading, whether that is weekly or monthly giving, whether that is um, uh, opening up your home once a month to someone new uh, for dinner, whether that's volunteering in a, in a specific way, um, I would encourage you to write down uh, daily, weekly, 
uh, monthly, quarterly, and yearly things that you can do that will support this way of life that is important to you. Um, and if you have more questions about what a rule of life is or um, what something like that looks like, let me know. I can send you mine uh, to use as a template or um, send some ideas to you as well. So um, I hope this has been beneficial. I hope you found out something uh, about Otter Creek that you didn't know before. And I'm always here as a resource. If you were uh, thinking today, um, man, none of those things really excited me. I wasn't really passionate about any of the things that she talked about. That's okay. Um, I would like to find ways that we can use your gift and your passion and your talent um, here at Otter Creek as well. And so let me know. I'm happy to, to find ways uh, to dream about what that might look like for you. So uh, I hope you all have a, a great day. I think this is a, a good place to end. Mm -hmm.